Hello and welcome to the Scrimba podcast. On this weekly show, I speak with successful devs about their advice on learning to code and getting your first junior dev job. I'm Alex, and today I'm joined by Joshua Smith from Australia. I think about coding during the day, at night, when I'm sleeping pretty much. I can't help it, I love it. Joshua does not have a computer science degree, and yet he was recently hired as a junior developer at a fintech company. In this episode, you will learn how a well-timed referral enabled Josh to secure a coding interview in which he was challenged with a take-home coding task. As always, I'll be digging in a bit deeper to learn specifically what that take-home task involved so you can have a better idea about what to potentially expect. You're going to really like Josh's attitude towards learning. In fact, he got the job sooner than he anticipated, thanks to that referral and kind of regrets not planning to apply sooner since he's not only getting paid to learn now, but learning in a real-world environment with mentors and more. You're listening to the Scrimba podcast. Let's get into it. Where did your web dev journey begin and what was the experience like from there? It was, yeah, quite an interesting one. It was actually back in April 2021, so still quite recent. You know, I have always been a fan of IT, but I didn't really ever have the confidence or didn't ever think I would actually be able to get an IT job, you know, without going to uni and doing all this years and years of work. So I have actually a friend called um, Jake and he's been a developer. He's actually um, works for Rainbow, a cryptocurrency wallet, um, and he's created his own actually UI library called Bumbag UI as well. So he's quite enthusiastic and quite, well, in my opinion, big. But um, yeah, one night we were just playing Call of Duty and we just been talking about his work and what he was working on at the time. And I just said something like, uh, I wish I could do something like that. And then, you know, one thing led to the other and he actually sent through a link to Codecademy um, and it was to a HTML and CSS course. The next day I jumped on, went through it and yeah, from there pretty much came addicted to everything in um, web development. Started with HTML and CSS, went to JavaScript, started teaching myself React in my own time and then on the side as well, also enrolled in a undergraduate course in programming. Um, that was mostly all in Ruby and then enrolled in a certificate for. And even after these two certificates, I didn't actually really feel confident still. You know, I got the certificate, I did the time, but I didn't really feel confident. Um, and then I came across Scrimba, the Learn React course there. That yeah, pretty much took off. I completed that, felt a lot better about programming in general. And then what I was going to do, uh, or that I'm still going to do, is actually do a boot camp in February. You managed to secure a job and you're still doing a boot camp. That's interesting. Yes. It wasn't really planned. The, the internship came to me. I actually didn't apply to it. It came to me through my friend Jake, who said, you know, he said he's an enthusiastic person. I did a technical um, interview, made a, as you probably saw, that Rick and Morty website. And yeah, I've been working as a junior developer for just under one month now. I had that boot camp initially planned because I was going to do that for six months. And at the end of that boot camp, they offer a careers week. And that was my plan to then actually get a job. Well, but yeah, everything moved so fast. Um, I'm now, you know, employed and doing a boot camp together. I'm still happy that I am doing it. I think it's always important to always be learning something. You know, even in my current job, we're actually learning, well, going to be learning about, like, if you heard of Cypress, IO, it's a testing library or framework. And I think the bootcamp is still helpful because it teaches 
the foundation because I think, you know, you can learn all these tools and frameworks and libraries, but um, at the end of the day, it's important to understand the basics and that's really JavaScript or your core programming language that you're going to use. So I'm still keen to get in there and still cover those topics. Are you aware of the curriculum and what sorts of subjects you'll be learning that maybe someone listening hasn't or likely won't encounter doing Scrimba or Codecademy or something? I think in terms of learning, online learning is stronger in the sense of content. Um, what I will say about bootcamp that really, for me, makes it stand out is the community. So, you know, going to class, even if it's online, meeting with 15, 20 other developers and sharing ideas, I think you learn an incredible amount too. And even sitting down, I guess, the one thing that you have to sort of do in a bootcamp or formal learning is that you're, you're assessed. And even though a lot of people might find that nerve-wracking it's good you know when you you know you learn something and you can apply those skills and then you get given you know constructive criticism back you know hey this website you made is good this is what you can do to improve it that's probably the only area in a boot camp where it would um, stand out is that you do have a teacher standing right over you or in a zoom or but I would have to say you know I have done an undergraduate in programming I've done a certificate for in uh, web development and I'm going to do this boot camp and looking back probably some of my strongest learnings have still been online like that Scrimba Learn React course started probably about a month and a half before I got my internship and massive help the knowledge I got from that course probably outweighed the knowledge from the other courses in terms of actually on the job thing because I got the job and it was in React so it was perfect. The course matched up as some of the boot camps um, because they want to try and appeal to the entry-level role and no wrong, they sometimes choose programming languages like Ruby. And I know depending on where you are in the world, it may think, but I'm from Melbourne. It's not really relevant. No one uses Ruby in Melbourne. So it was a bit you know, in my opinion, pointless. So it was good to go online and sort of learn something current. What was it about the React course that made it so much more conducive to your learning? Was it just how the content was presented? Was it the interactive elements? Was it just that maybe doing things online suited your personality in the sense that you can take things at your own pace and not worry about examinations and things like that? Pretty much with a lot of videos out there, because um, I did a lot of Udemy videos and they are good. But the one thing that happens is you can be watching a video and then the next video loads, the next video loads, and you sort of you get sleepy. You're not engaged. You sort of drift off as each video just keeps playing through. The thing that I liked about Scrimba was it would be like, all right, we've done this. Time to get your hands on the keyboard and you would have to type out the solution. So there was no just sort of ticking along as you can, you know, in class or online or in a video. By clicking spacebar, you had the code editor there, so you didn't have to worry about any setup. If you didn't quite get it right, you know, you could click spacebar, either reset it and try it again, or you continue on and compare the two together. Oh, okay, that's where I didn't get it right. So I think that's where Scrimba really separates it, is that embedded code editor makes it one of the best sort of learning platforms I've seen. So. That's amazing. So we've spoken a little bit about sort of your approach to learning and pedagogy and things like that. Let's transition the conversation a little bit into like your, your current opportunity. So if I'm not mistaken, the company is called Tyro Payments. And is that the same company you started the internship with? And they, they basically said, hey, Joshua, we like your work. Would you like to come on as a full-time junior software engineer? Uh, so that is, yeah, the company I'm working for at the moment. How I got that position is I had a friend that actually worked at the company a couple of years back, Jake, who I was telling you about. He put in a word for me. They reached out to me. So they put me, um, and I'm still currently doing it, on a four-month internship. 
However, hopefully, fingers crossed, if all goes well, then I'll just go on to a um, permanent role after that. The internship is to April, so that's full-time, Monday to Friday. Yeah, I'm absolutely loving it at the moment, doing exactly what I want from much hands-on learning, you know, just at the moment, just doing bug fixes and just learning so much um, from the other developers, how the code's written and compared to how it's usually written. When, like, in class or um, online, the code base is often quite small, so you can get around you know this code base is quite large um, so it took me a couple of days to get my head around it some of the code base used class-based components some of the newer uh, repositories using no function so it's a mixture of both but yeah absolutely loving it and i'm learning so much so i've never understood someone to be like an intern and a junior at the same time like what's the difference between an intern and a junior in in your country? Probably really there's no difference. I think it really just means like a probationary period. I think when you go to university, we have what's called a graduate position. These days, you know, you don't really go that path. You get a portfolio together. The boot camps have really taken over. Um, a lot of people I have met have taken that route. It's not so much, you know, doing the four-year uni. So you used to have a graduate program. And I think where the term intern came from, is, you know, you would intern, but then you would head back to university to finish your studies. So it was only a bit of work experience. In this case, it's if I do well, then I stay on. So an internship is, I think, the technical name for it, but it's really just a junior role. It's very interesting to me that you put it in a very casual way, which is that your friend puts a word in for you. Um, but often we would call that a referral, basically. Yeah. <laughs> what kind of impact did having a referral have on the interview process? Oh, I think that played a big part into it. As I said, he's a great developer himself. He's been in the industry for a long time um, and he works for one of the biggest cryptocurrency wallets. Funny enough, he's actually made his own UI library called Bumbag that I actually use at Tyro or Tyro uses his UI library. So I sort of had a head up there with how the components worked. If you are enjoying this episode of the Scrimba podcast, please do us at Scrimba a favor and share this episode with your friends on social media or in your community. Word of mouth is genuinely the best way to support a podcast that you like, so thank you. Next week, I'm talking with Ben Hong, who works at Netlify and is also part of the Vue.js front-end library core team. My first exposure to tech was as a kid back in the days of AOL.com. My dad happened to purchase a book. I think it was like HTML4 by O'Reilly. And I happened to just kind of stumble upon it. And I kind of really fell in love with this idea that using just the notepad editor and saving a file with this .html extension, I suddenly had this thing that was like, I could see, I could edit, as opposed to like more traditional programming languages at the time, like Java and one of the basic programming languages that like you needed a compiler. It took a long time to get feedback. And front end was so compelling at the time because it was like, oh, I just write a couple lines of code. I could see my changes. But at the time, I sort of like never realized that like, oh, this could be a job. Because I was like, this is toy language. This is fun or whatever. If you want to hear Ben's insights about learning to code and how to get involved with projects of any kind, remember to subscribe to the Weekly Scrimba podcast. Back to the interview with Joshua. Did you go through the traditional interview process? Yeah. So, yeah, I still went through sort of a normal process. So they did a full background check and that's quite common in, in Melbourne. So, And I did get given um, a technical challenge to do in React um, and it was that Rick and Morty website. We'll link that in the show notes, by the way, for anybody who's wondering what we're discussing. Yeah. So that was pretty much using an API and filtering out so only the human Rick and Morty characters are on display and then just styling that, you know, into a nice 
little website essentially. So that was my task. I then had a second interview with two of their developers and then they just ran through a quick challenge. Um, so they brought up the project and just sort of asked, you know, some questions, you know, I see, you know, you've written an if statement like this, this is, you know, how you could do it. Could you rewrite that for us? Um, sort of just tweaking what I did. And yeah, that worked out quite well. And then I think about a couple of days later, I got given the offer. So Oh, nice. Congrats, man. That must have been a great feeling. Oh, absolutely. As I said, I was not expecting for it to happen so soon. Having only started web development back in April, yeah, I was massively, massively happy. You know, I've been working very hard um, to sort of transition over and I wasn't expecting for that to happen until the end of this year. So to have it happen already and to be settling in well and I'm enjoying it so much, um, I'm really excited to see where it's going to take me. What I would say to people listening is that if you imagine that a company with a specific role to fill wants to fill that role, they will open the floodgates in a sense and post a job ad. And you then need to imagine something like a funnel and at the top where the barrier to entry is the lowest and that you can do an easy apply or quickly send your resume or something. They get lots and lots and lots of applications, at least tens, I think, but maybe even hundreds at certain companies. What, what I think you did, Josh, essentially is managed to, you know, skip a bit lower in the funnel because that's the effect of a referral essentially instead of having to rely on whoever's filtering those resumes or cover letters or profiles choosing you which they very well may have right we can't speculate i think it's possible they would have based on your linkedin profile and things which looks really healthy and promising from my point of view in any case that's up to chance whereas if you can secure a referral not only does that put you ahead of the curve but in a way it kind of greases the wheels of course the hard work wasn't done for you like no one should discredit that at all because as you said you had to go on and do the technical take-home task and then you had to sort of justify your code and talk about some of your decisions that that sounds very normal to me just run us through like why rick and morty like what was the logic behind that yeah good question i'm not exactly sure but i love rick and morty myself so when i got it i was like oh my god that's so cool wait they suggested it really yeah it was i didn't suggest it oh wow that was my task is to do that rick and morty website so um yeah, it was, it was really interesting because when I got it too, I even said to my friend, I said, look, Rick and Morty. I think it was just a reflection. When I spoke to him, because my goal is front-end development, and when I had my initial conversation with the manager, it was pretty much about how much I loved React. So I think that's where they gave me a project in React to see how I would do. It seems like you've gone from strength to strength and equally your plan seems very sound to me. Like you had a really clear plan, I think, to push your skills even further at the boot camp and then utilize the sort of job searching parts of the boot camp. It sounds like a really good investment to me and a really smart strategy. And so I'm wondering what you would say if I were to ask you what you would do differently up until this point. If you had any sort of additional advice for new developers and aspiring juniors listening. I probably wouldn't have done so many courses in the beginning beginning I was as you probably get this a lot I always felt like you know why is everything so hard why am I struggling with um, everything but it's important just to keep at it and I would probably opt to really you know your strengths are going to come from what you invest and how much time you put in even though I was working full-time in property management I was coming home and I was still doing you know three four hours of um, coursework and studying going out and seeking out not just any course but really looking at you know what the course is going to give you, the content and making sure that it's relevant. A lot of people try and become like, you know, like a full stack developer straight off the bat, you know, knowing all these things. And I think you don't really have to, you know, you can actually go into a job and just know 
front end. Once you get your foot in the door and you got that job and you hone in those skills, then you can branch out. You know, you can take JavaScript, go to React, then go to Node, then go to React Native. Um, you know, you don't have to do it all at once. You know, I was under the impression when I started out, oh my God, I have to learn everything. You know, there's so much, you know, there was just a flood of libraries that people, you know, used to keep saying and, oh, you got to learn this, this does this, this does this, oh, people use this. But no, you really just do what you like. And I like JavaScript. So I just did that after, even though that some of my courses was in Ruby, I still just did JavaScript. I still just get practice in JavaScript because I said, you know, once I get a job, that's what I'm going to use. Um, and it has helped. I haven't gone back to the other languages that they use or the other sort of older techniques that they have used. It's been the um, online coursework that's been updated um, that I've referred to. If you were to go back to the beginning and plan your journey, would you try and budget and schedule to get a job even sooner with this newfound experience? Or do you think you'd still take your time and endeavor to do the boot camp graduation day and find a job that way? I would probably try and find a job as soon as possible. I guess I not purposely, but subconsciously tried to delay it because I, as I said, as a developer, you're never going to feel ready. I now understand that. And now that I have got a job in the field, I now understand that it's completely normal. Everyone else has felt it. It's I'm not the only one. So yeah, it doesn't matter how long you're going to wait. You know, my first two weeks in the job, I was so nervous, you know, every time a card would come through um, and I go, oh my God, I don't know the answer off the top of my head. But by the end of the day or the next day, it just happens. You know, you find the answer, it all comes together or you get the help that you need. And then that's, you get one card completed, second card completed, third card completed. And then in no time, you know, you're up to seven or 10 and then you go, hmm, these bug fixes are um, not too bad. And yeah, so I would say to anyone, you know, you're going to have that feeling like, you know, you're not ready, but it's completely normal. It's completely normal, but um, don't hesitate. Just keep going out there. And I think the other important thing too is when you are working full-time in IT or in your field, your brain is going to start thinking about that. You know, I think about coding during the day, at night, when I'm sleeping pretty much. I can't help it. I love it. That's how it works. But when I was working as a property manager, you had to sort of put that on the side, go to work, and you would have distress that was completely unrelated to IT. That would take up, you know, eight or nine hours of your day. Um, and then you come home tired and then you would have to really try and find the energy to do that, you know, every night to keep studying. That I did. But um, now actually just having a job and sort of, you know, waking up in the morning, you know, I'm always constantly thinking about, damn, I suck on that card. What can I do? You know, what resources can I look at? That library sounds interesting. You no, know, I'm always, you know, most of my day now is spent learning. I think even though I've been there just under a month, I think just because my brain is now in that mode, I'm feeling, you know, a lot more confident and I'm feeling that I'm actually learning quite quick. You know, you can do a course online and you can follow it all the way through to the end and that's great. But it's much different when, you know, you have an actual, you know, thing that you have to complete. Users are going to interact with it. Um, you know, you go through code review, you get tweaked, you know, it's, it's different, but in a good way. It is kind of like the ultimate learning environment when you think about it. In a small sense, every ticket is kind of like an assessment. In Agile, most tickets have like a acceptance criteria, which is in a sense a checklist of what needs to be done before that ticket can be marked as completed. That's a little test, right? And even better, you know, and I think this is even superior to university, even the best universities, 
if you're stuck, you need to go and find help and there's someone there to help you, you are essentially being paid to learn. Like to me, that's the biggest advantage and the best place to be in anybody's journey because, you know, you can go into debt essentially to pay for tuition at a university or you can secure an apprenticeship or an internship or an entry-level junior role and actually learn so much on the job so rapidly. And to be honest, what I hadn't really considered and I learned from you just now, Joshua, is that when you have another job alongside your passion for coaching, as you're learning, that means you can't think about coding all the time. You probably spend a significant amount of energy just budgeting your time and trying to navigate two things at once. The moment you can focus on everything, that's obviously so liberating and probably productive as well. Yeah, no, I completely agree. I think, yeah, as soon as you can start focusing on it and it becomes most of your time. And I would say to people out there too is before you get the job, make sure you put time aside, I would say daily, even if it's 15 minutes of flashcards or just 30 minutes every day, just try and get your brain to think about it. If you sort of let it drift, then your body's not gonna learn it because your body's just gonna go back to your day job. Now back to what it's been doing for the last decade, you really have to sort of push your body you know, learning front-end web development or full-stack development, it's hard. It's hard. It's not something like, you know, you just go, yep, I know it. You know, you're never going to say, I know 100% know JavaScript. You're always going to, you know, be learning. Joshua Smith, thank you so much for joining us on the Scrimba podcast. Awesome. No, you're welcome. Thank you. That was Joshua, a newly hired junior developer from Australia. Thank you for listening. By the way, if you made it this far, you might want to subscribe for more helpful and uplifting episodes with recently hired juniors and industry experts alike. You can also tweet me, your host, Alex Booker, and share what lessons you learned from the episode so I can thank you personally for tuning in. Seriously, try me. My Twitter handle, along with Scrimpers, is available in the show notes. See you next week.